looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You drive me wild. <laughs> what up, Crazy Train Radio? You look like hell. And I could look the same. What's the photo for? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Truth, 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 I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Friday fans, we know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Guys, what's up? This is wrestling superstar Gunner, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. 
boy do we have a good one for you today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this next guest has done a lot in the wrestling business, but also can say he deserves a little more respect because he actually served his country in the U.S. Marines. He started out as Phil Shatter on the independent promotions, worked his way to TNA back in 2010-ish as Gunner and part of Immortal, won both a tag title there with James Storm and television championship individually, was let go from there, unfortunately, at the time. Rumor has it, we'll get into it. He was a cable guy and not Jim Carrey. For some time, then went to WWE and NXT as Jackson Riker, excuse me. And he was notably part of a faction called Forgotten Sons, but we'll get all into all this. He is the pride of Hickory, North Carolina. This gentleman, Chad Lale, is going back from when what he had told me via email, going back to the name Gunner. So let's say hello to yeah. Gunner, Jackson, however you want to address him. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. And yeah, we can keep it at Gunner and, and go from there, man. I appreciate the uh, the time with you guys tonight. I look forward to talking uh, business, you know, career, future, past, everything. So let's let's roll. I appreciate it. And thank you for the time. Uh, yes, Mike, you wanted to, we were talking right before Gunner had joined us and you were curious to know about his start. So go ahead. Well, I want to know, uh, Chad, who broke you in? And then second question, I always have loaded questions like radio press conference things, is, uh, you know, the, the Gunner name obviously makes sense for any of us who know and appreciate and respect people in the military, mm -hmm. but Jackson Riker and Phil Shatter. So where did those names come in? But more importantly, who broke you in? Were you a lifer watching the biz as a kid? How did you get interested in it? So yeah, three questions there. Oh yeah, no worries, man. I, I just flow it all together, and I and that, so I am a lifer, professional uh, wrestling fan since I was five years old, and and just you know as a kid, it was <clears throat> something that captivated me, something I was amazed by, and you know I wasn't really wasn't into sports, didn't care too much about football or anything else. Mm -hmm. um, as a boy, it was it was pro wrestling and bodybuilding, so you know it kind of pro wrestling kind of rolled both worlds into one. And he's, you know, these at the time when I'm growing up in the later 80s, early 90s, I mean, you guys know just as well as me, the, the characters back then were just larger than life. I mean, they were superheroes, Hogan, Macho Man, uh, I mean, just Undertaker, all these guys we can see here and name forever. Uh, and it's just something that captivated me, something I wanted to do as a child. And um, so for me, some the, I, I broke in <clears throat> with an independent wrestler uh real name's tommy birch he wrestled as abel adams so some people listening may know of him some may not um and it's one of those things where i didn't go to a big wrestling school tommy kind of took me under his wing at the age of uh, 18 when i got out of high school that was my my dad's uh, rule he goes you can do whatever you want to do you can pursue this wrestling gig uh but i need you to graduate high school at least at least and i was thankful he didn't say college because I had no ambitions of going to college. So I didn't, didn't want to, all I wanted to do was chase this wild dream of, you know, being a professional wrestler. So Tommy took me under his wing, started training me in a, like a literal garage 
um, you know, had motorcycles in it and just old beat up rusted ring with a torn canvas and just, I mean, you know, the wintertime it's cold, the summertime it's blazing hot and just, man, just show me the ropes, you know, literally. And it's just something I, some people ask me, I got asked a question a couple of weeks ago, you know, what did you think when you took your first bump or hit the ropes for the first time? Um, did you hate it or did you think, what have I gotten myself into? And for me, I just, I think I fell in love even more. I was like, man, this is, this is incredible. So Tommy just trained me. He, he, for about six months, um, did the drills, taught me the basics. And then he's like, you know what, just start traveling to some independent shows with me all through North Carolina and Georgia and South Carolina, you know, and at that time, early 2000, we're, we're talking 2000, 2001. So well over 20 years ago, the indie scene was, I mean, not, I, I would, it was, there were some big shows and it's obviously grown over the past 20 years. I mean, it, in, independence the guys are making a living on the independent scene back then you're rolling into a gymnasium or a, a dirty, uh, you know, dirty barn wrestling for five or $10, you know? So it's, but it, to me, it's one of those things that I feel like it's a lost art for the most part where I got a chance to live that, uh, you know, really paying my dues and kind of, you know, really just trucking the road with, with Tommy, my trainer and, and just getting a chance to learn like life, uh, in the, in the professional wrestling world. So <clears throat> do you want me to keep rolling right into the field? Good. Good. Yeah, the, those, then I'll throw back to Jonathan. Those two names, did he come up with or did you come up with Phil Shatter? And then maybe a little, I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. The Jackson Riker, I, I was trying to play. Okay, what does that name mean? <laughs> so long story short, uh, Gunner, obviously we can say Marine Corps. I was, a, I was a Motor T operator by job in the Marine Corps, but most of the time when we were overseas in Iraq and those areas, I was manning a 50 cal or for the military buffs out there, a 240 Golf, which is another, you know, automatic basically machine gun. So I took that name and <clears throat> with TNA and, and we were like, let's we'll run with gunner. Cause we can use that. So Phil shatter. Um, it's wild. I just um, took the name Phil. I was a big, uh, this is weird. Cause you know, people, people are like, what? But uh, I was a big Pantera fan growing up as a kid. So the rock metal know. band Pantera. So Phil and Salmo was the lead singer. And I was like, Phil always sounded like just, you know, when I heard Phil and Salmo, I'm thinking this guy's he's, he's bad, man. So I took that and <laughs> used that uh, that name. And then um, there was one time we were wrestling before I really had a name. And I, I remember this this kid, I told him to duck a clothesline <clears throat> and he didn't. And I hit him right in the face and literally like splattered his nose all over the place. So Tommy, he goes, man, you 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 shattered that guy's face. And I was like, ah. Oh. Well, here we go. I think we're going to call myself Phil Shatter. So <laughs> we just one in one in the other, man. Um, Jackson Riker. I've always liked the name Jax, but we had Nia Jax. I was like, can't really go with Nia Jax. Um, so I said Jackson with an X. Thought that was a pretty cool gig. Me and my wife, we have a five-year-old daughter, and uh, we we are hoping to have a son one day. And we always said if we have a little boy, we would name him Riker. I've always liked the name Riker. So I just took those two and put it together. And luckily WWE was like, yeah, we, we, we like that. Cause a lot of times they'll, they'll throw you a name and make you stick with something that just sounds God awful. So we didn't, uh, luckily I was pretty fortunate. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, and we don't want to bypass it, but I want to bring up about those early indie days and we're not yeah. going to take it step by step by step. Not what we do. We bounce around, but mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, 
when, because obviously we mentioned you served time with the Marines and yes. been overseas and everything else like that. But with that lifestyle that being in the military requires of people, not only the people serving, but their families and such. Right. How the hell were you able to incorporate <laughs> doing indie shots and stuff like that? Because I would think you'd have to say something to your superiors. Hey, I'm going to leave base on Saturday to <laughs> go wrestle. Like you said, wrestle <clears throat> in this barn. And you know what I mean? Like they probably look at you with son, you got three heads or something. You know, like probably look at you like, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you know, it's, it's, I was pretty blessed and fortunate in the military. So uh, I was stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. So that's roughly five, five and a half hours from my hometown. And Every weekend, unless I was deployed uh, for that month in, or that year in 2005 when I was overseas, we would, me and a buddy would pack into a car on a Friday, uh, whatever time I got off work, sometimes it was early, sometimes it was late, drive to my house, wrestle a Saturday, sometimes a Sunday and get back to base, you know, man, sometimes two hours before I had to report. So the good thing about it is a lot of my superiors were aware that I was, um, a pro wrestler, an independent pro wrestler. And they thought it was awesome. And they, none of them had a, not, you know, a problem with me leaving base, um, going to do these shows. They said, as long as you report back to work on Monday, we don't care what you do. I mean, they had guys going out getting, you know, getting wasted throughout the weekend. So luckily I was doing something to chase a dream, but dude, it's funny. Cause I, I so many of my superiors, matter of fact about, um, Man, I guess a, you probably two years ago, WWE sent us to Camp Lejeune to do a you know a tribute to the troops, and uh, I ran into one of my superiors who had retired, and he just thought it was the coolest thing, and I thanked him. I was like, "Well, thank you for always you know allowing me to basically leave base because they could have told me not to, and I could have gotten in trouble." But uh, I had a lot of people that supported me, man. So I, I'm very thankful for that. But did you? Is that something? Because I never served, but is that something? that you had to tell them why you were going to away for the weekend or whatever during your downtime? No, honestly, no, because got so on our weekends, uh, you know, if we had a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, were were basically our days off. Um, it, you, I mean, long as you weren't going and getting in trouble or doing something stupid. I mean, a lot of people would travel, uh, fly back home or whatever. And so, no, we really didn't have to let them know. Now, if I came back with a broken leg or something, luckily I never got really severely hurt. They were going to be like, well, how'd that happen? Yeah. But, uh, you know, no, man, no, it was just, you know, it was what we called our, our weekend, basically like a normal job. You just kind of do your own thing. Nice. So, mm -hmm. and I'm going to throw back to Dr. Mike in a second, because he is followed TNA now impact and all for a long time. But yes. how did you go from the independence to, working with them and getting aligned with Jeff Jarrett and such. Yeah. So we'll cram that all, man. In 2006, got out of the Marine Corps. Um, I said, okay, well, it's time to really <clears throat> dive headfirst in and pursue this dream. If this is what I want to do, I'm a 23, 23 year old man, I guess, 23, 20, 23 year young man, whatever you want to call me. I um, chose to start. <clears throat> I got my foot in the door through a mutual friend, a buddy of mine, Jason justice, who helped me get into uh, NWA anarchy, other, also known as wild side back in the day. So I brought a, <laughs> I brought a VHS tape down <laughs> with my resume on a piece of paper and handed it to Bill Barons and said, you know, here's my stuff. Uh, and then about a month later, he called me and said, Hey, we'd like to bring you in and start, you know, working our, our, <clears throat> you know, local. And I think anarchy at the time was kind of, there was some national TV uh, or not national, but local syndication. 
there you go, syndication. <clears throat> so, man, that's how I got my foot in the door there. Long story short, to cram it all together. At times, Terry Taylor would come down to NWA Anarchy. He was good buddies with uh, Bill Barons. Introduced myself to Terry. At that time, I'm like a 255-pound, I thought, good-looking kid who had, you know, skills, and Terry kept his eyes on me. And there was an opportunity opened up in 2008 for me and a few other guys, for those who remember, um, to go down to Impact and start working. But it, Terry goes, listen, this is it's not wrestling. You're going to have to come down and be on-air security guys for Dixie Carter and kind of, kind of like henchmen. And I was like, Terry, whatever it takes, don't care. So they paid us a daily fee to drive down. So we would do an anarchy show on a Saturday night, jump in a car, drive nine hours, get there at 7 a.m., uh, get up and go to the arena at whatever time and be there for three, four days filming. And um, that's really where th my foot in the door, they saw that <clears throat> Terry saw basically that, you know, every week, every other week, I was willing to drive down, put in this time, this work to get an opportunity. And, um, and that's where it happened. And in 2010, I signed my first contract with him. Jeff Jarrett did. You mentioned his name. He did. We met back in, say, 2007 or so. We always kept in touch. I know he was one that really vouched for me with the, uh, with the office and the decision to give me a job as well. Uh, Dr. Mike, do you? Uh, have I feel something? like an old man. I've known uh, Jeff Jarrett since he was a little kid. <laughs> his grandma, Miss Christine, was a famous, famous uh, Nashville promoter at the fairgrounds, total yep. legend. Obviously, his dad is a genius. And oh, yeah. uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, Jeff is always bugging me for pictures of him with Owen Hart. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And Terry Taylor, though, if you, if, that would be interesting because I know, uh, obviously, probably, hopefully, you know, because he bopped back and forth. He's all over the place, sure. sort of like Pritchard. Uh, if you work with him in TNA and then, he might have been uh, with you in the, your time in NXT. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to TNA, I, I loved your tag team with uh, James Storm. I thought, you know, a couple of total badasses that look like badasses are supposed to look like. And you guys could have had a, a great trio, like a, a Freebirds trio with Rude in there, but, you know, yeah. maybe the timing or whatever. But tell us about that and maybe some thoughts on Dixie Carter, who... Um, <laughs> I mean, she's nice to me at shows and stuff, but I also thought, you know, this is the proverbial mark with big time money. We're <laughs> seeing that now on, on certain levels with a rock star and a football guy competition sure. events. Mm -hmm. So for me, man, like I really enjoyed the James Storm tag team. And, and you're right. There was a couple times we had talked about kind of doing a trio. I think there was an opportunity there. We always sit and laugh. And even when he and I talk here and there now, we're like, man, they – you know, they put us together. We won the tag titles and we literally, I think, defended them one time and maybe the next time we lost them. And um, <clears throat> we always laugh because it's like, man, we could have really probably done some stuff with this. But I look at it and realize kind of the story that we used to build out, out of it, because luckily the office was very keen on on uh, James and, and, you know, me and James would get together and come up with some different ideas like the I quit match, the cage match uh you know intertwining my father into a real life situation so that was my real dad which was really cool to kind of bring him in because mm -hmm. he was one that you know he took me to shows when i was a kid he sat you know monday night wars and sat with me on the couch and you know he he was a big sting fan so it's just really cool to have my dad in that situation man but we um that was one of my favorite feuds with james we you know the 
I tell people you got this six or seven months where you see all this TV stuff we did. I mean, there was live events where we were working three or four nights a week doing some of the same matches. So we beat each other to death for six or seven months. But he was always cool to work with, man. Very respectful. Um, all about the story and the bigger picture. Um, and then Dixie, I, you know, I, like you said, I never, she always was super nice to me. I stayed away from the political side of the business. I always kind of tried to do that. Um, but, you know, I, I can agree. We, we would, some of us would talk about the aspect of, ah, man, it's just kind of like we were, we were action figures a little bit uh, for her. She was just having fun. You know, and, and there was times where we were like, you know, she's taking up some TV time. It could be given to some younger talent. And I'm not dogging her. She was in the wrestling business. You know, mom and dad, the, their, I guess their energy company there in Dallas, Panda Energy or whatever. Yeah, it was, yeah, was sho shoveling the money in. And um, I mean, she was having fun, but I was like, gosh, there's so many more opportunities. You know, there's fans sitting at home going, you know, well, what about so-and-so who's not on TV? And, you know, but that's the business, man. It happens in all the companies now. Well, I know it's old news. Oh, sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I know it's old news, and you mentioned about the energy company and all filtering and money and yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> did you ever have an issue with pay at the time when those stories were going around? Yeah. Man, you, that's a good question, though, because like a lot of guys did. I, and um, there was a few times I had to reach out and go, hey, where's my check from – whatever three weeks ago but for the most part i was smart i would come home and, and if we did three sets of tapings or whatever i would write it on my calendar so i kept track of okay this is my check that comes in this is the number um i'm, I'm very thankful to say there wasn't many times i had to reach out and go where you know where's my money at because there there was some of the talent that had that issue and and you know i don't i don't know why that was a problem but it man it, it definitely was uh definitely was an issue for some well, that's good that you were trying to keep logistics of <laughs> yeah. everything and got to, yeah, you because know, you know what? No matter what anybody says, you guys got bills like everybody else, absolutely. And you got you guys got to be able to take care of business on the home front, mm -hmm. that's right. But I, I know you leave TNA and was it 15, 16, something like that? And I mentioned yep. with tongue in cheek about working. <laughs> a shoot job as the, mm -hmm. working for your local cable company. So what made you say, you know what, I'm going to try to get work here. And did yeah. you ever get recognized? Hey, weren't you gunner during that time period? <laughs> so yeah, I left, uh, they, they released me in 2015 of June and, and during the, the 2015 to 2017, before I signed with WWE, I still did many, many independent shows. I mean, I stayed pretty busy. Um, the cable thing came because man, at the, you know, 2016 of September, my daughter was born and I was like, mm -hmm. it was one of those decisions where I was like, well, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta work, you know, I independence is not paying the job, you know, or paying the bills and, and I got a baby to feed. And it's just one of those responsibility things, right? It was a, definitely a pride swallowing thing. Cause I went from a guy that was on TV who was very prideful about it at the time to man, I'm working at a cable job, you know, now walking into people's houses, but you know what? It, it's, it's taught me a lot over the years. And, and as a father, that's my main goal is, is to raise my daughter, take care of my daughter, whatever I have to do. But um, so, yeah, there was one, one time I, I would work alongside of a guy who was, who was training me at the time. And we go, he, and it's funny. Cause that day he goes, Hey man, does anybody ever recognize you while you're out on a job? I was like, no, not really. So we go into this guy's house and 
we're fixing something and this guy's just staring at me and I'm like, Oh man, we're about to encounter this. And this guy's just staring at me. He goes, Hey man, you kind of look like Gunner from impact wrestling. And, I, <laughs> and we both just start laughing. And of course, you know, I, I admit to it. So it was one of those things where I was like, man, here I am, you know, live professional wrestling on TV out fixing this guy's cable. But dude, that's, that's the life. I mean, that's the life of the independent worker. You got guys working grocery stores and wrestling on the weekend, you know? Hey, you gotta pay the bills. That's insurance, it. Man. All, insurance, all that fun stuff. <sighs> Mikey, we're gonna bring something up there before I cut you off. Well, a couple of you know, a couple of things. I was gonna. You're obviously too young. I mean, I shot uh, before the swift change around in Mid Atlantic Wrestling uh, when Crockett Senior was still there, total legend, and it was more like an old man's tag team, Nelson Royal and mm. Bernard and Rip Hawk and Sweet Hanson, and then it started clicking 75, 76, first of Johnny Valentine's Booker. So I don't know if you, are you still based in the Carolinas? And did you get a chance to watch any of that classic stuff when Flair and Steamboat and, you know, Buddy Rogers passed the Nature Boy torch to Flair in like 77 and yeah. Bobo Brazil and John Studd, all of these guys, that was the most happening territory for about five years. Mid-Atlantic was amazing. Yes. Amazing. So real quick, I, I want to rewind. You said Nelson, Nelson Royal. So yes, I am out of, I'm in Mooresville, North Carolina, which is close to Charlotte. So anyway, about two miles down the road from my house, we took my daughter in to buy some, <laughs> some cowgirl boots and Nelson Royal has a, a boot shop here at two miles from my house. So he walk in and I guess he's passed away since if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So his, sister or something maybe his wife i don't know runs the store and he's got like an old title up on the the wall with you know newspaper clippings from mid-atlantic and all this so when you mentioned that name i was like wow that's, yeah, that guy's a that's total cool. legend nwa junior champion yeah that's what it was and he went outlaw there was an outlaw promotion that took on if you can believe it in 75 a co-owner of the white Sox, eddie einhorn and i was his photographer the iwa he took on both he started to take on the nwa and sam munchnik and then really took on Vince Sr. Vince McMahon Sr. had these three outdoor stadium shows in Jersey, but Nelson Royal was teaming up with uh, Cowboy Bob Ellis and some other legends. And I go, man, it doesn't get better than this. So just stacked with talent. We're seeing that now. Yeah. Almost the same type thing. And I was thinking, I got to have an angle for you for my newspaper column. I'm going to tie you into George the Animal Steel because he was a little different where your bosses in the service were cool with you working as long as you yeah. showed up on time Monday. But he was working for the sheet, the Detroit fireball throwing sheet, not the iron sheet, the real yeah. sheet, mm -hmm. uncle. And uh, he was so he put on a hood and worked as the student. He, in real life, he was a teacher, and he said, oh, those guys are going to fire my ass if they find out the school <laughs> that I'm wrestling on the side. And then when he started to make more money, told them to Quit. let off. Yeah. One thing that pissed me off in your when you brought, got brought up to the main roster and, and then the whole thing with, it, it, you know, it didn't feel as fun as the James Storm stuff when you were patched up with Elias. And then all of a sudden, I don't think, you know, when someone's going to lose their hair or have their famous long hair cut, it always should be as part of like a hair versus hair or something like that. You guys could have done that and maybe elevated uh, people latching on to you two guys on the main roster. But all of a sudden, I, it was like you showed up at TV with short hair, I think. And I go, yeah. what the F is going on? Well, <laughs> explain it, do something, but, you know, have some reason to give the guy an extra payday for having his hair cut, you know, so he doesn't oh, cut man. his hair and not get some dough. 
Yeah. Well, we, you know, funny thing is we, um, Elias and I worked very well together, man. So when we started doing that feud, um, we thought we were going to run a little longer with the tag team. Things changed. That's very common in that company. Uh, but we pitched the idea of, man, why doesn't Elias attack me backstage and shave my head? I was like, I'll go bald. I don't care. It grows back quick. Uh, and they were like, no, no, no. We just, just go cut your hair and trim your beard down. I was like, man, we're really missing out on some, like, cause we're coming back from COVID where there was no crowd, you know, no crowd at all. And, and we're going to, sorry about that, guys. We're going to uh, Dallas, Texas, where there's a live, loud crowd. There's, we can get so much out of this. Um, but it was like a one-track mind at that time. It's like, no, nope, we're just going to do this. We're going to wrestle this match and be done. Um, so that's what we were working with. I completely agree with you because, that you know, back in – you mentioned Mid-Atlantic, and, and no, I didn't as a kid. I didn't get to go to a lot of those shows because my mother – you know, single family home at the time, just so a lot of my viewing was on TV. So I witnessed a lot of this by watching on TV. Um, but, you know, man, just uh, there's so many opportunities that to me it's missed uh, in general in the professional wrestling business. I feel like AEW is getting the chance to kind of do their own thing. You know, the guys are getting to be their own character, be their own self and, and get a little bit more edgy. But that's just not where WWE is now. Just kind of a whatever Vince wants, do that. We don't ask questions. That's it. Go. Okay. They're losing a step. They uh, apparently Vince and some of his people were in talks to buy Ring of Honors, you know, and then they would probably just shut it down and monetize the video library. But instead, yeah. Tony Khan, who's like the ultimate, I mean, the guy, but unlike Dixie, he grew up as a fan, you know, from whatever, when he was four years old. And it's like the ultimate money mark, but in a good way. So another article I'm writing for Japan is, in the U.S. now, we're seeing these money mark promoters, but it's a good term, not a negative. Like uh, Billy Corgan, you know, mm -hmm. rock star, and, and hardly anything gets said about that. And this guy has a heart. He's looking out for his employees and insurance and retirement and Kios and Roth IRAs and all that stuff. Same with Tony Khan. You know, nobody's perfect, but these guys are so much better than the cigar Trump and, you know, like Jackie Crockett senior or yeah. my boss or any of those guys from the seventies. It's like a new era of promoters. And then the Indies, maybe even up to about 10, 15 years ago, most of the indie promoters were all pimply faced kids, Mark. Sure. And right. you never knew if your check was going to clear, but now, so where would you like to go? You know, John is probably going to ask you more in detail, but where yeah. would you like to go work? Because we don't want to see you go back to cable. You <laughs> diamond talent here. Yeah. Platinum talent that should be showcasing it. And do you like the fact that you could, you know, bop all over the place? You could work for Corgan and AEW and Impact, you know, and, and all this stuff in New Japan and stuff. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've worked a lot in Japan, but it's fabulous. No, man, that is a huge goal of mine. And I still talk about it is to get to Japan. I don't know how open they are right now with what's going on, but that, you know, uh, um, I am definitely looking to try and get to Japan. Uh, my goal is, you know, definitely not going back to cable. My goal right now is, and I've talked to my wife about it, just have some fun. I, you know, for the last eight months of my WWE career, I was, I was miserable. What having a good time. I was like, man, I'm going to work, sitting in the locker room. I'm better than this. Um, so now my goal is to, I, I got a bunch of indie bookings coming up, just have some fun with those. Um, I really, you know, before I got signed with Impact Wrestling, I was carrying the NWA national title, which I, I think I carried for a little over two years. Uh, it really helped catapult my career. And there was an opportunity moving forward where I was wrestling with Adam Pierce, Blue Demon, to 
they were possibly grooming me to be the heavyweight champion of NWA, which um, because I got signed, obviously we changed all that. So I really like what NWA is doing right now. I like the product. It's got that old school feel to it. There's a bunch of guys I know there, you know, Crimson, Bram, Magnus, I mean, or Nick Aldis, whatever we're calling him. But uh, I would love to do some stuff with NWA. I'll never say no to AEW. I got good buddies there. I think the product is rocking, obviously. And then, you know, you just hear Tony, what, buying Ring of Honor. I mean, there's so much going on in the wrestling world right now. And I love it because there for so long, it was just one company. It was WWE and people were just like, man, beating their head against the wall. This is all we get to watch. And now we have so much variety. So the wrestling business is flourishing. And there's so many opportunities for me uh, moving forward. But I think uh, I would le- definitely like to do some stuff with the NWA. You know, anybody- I know, pass back to Jonathan, but I was going to say, I asked him, I go, well, you know, is, is uh, Chad, is he part of that thing? I could see him as a natural with the uh, uh, EC3 and the yeah. former uh, Braun Strowman. And uh, I think uh, Wyndham Rotunda is in that. Mm-hmm. All of these guys badasses and you fit right in there and have you done anything or talked to those guys about some yeah of ec3 and i are good buddies we we've we've thrown some ideas around um there's nothing definite in the works right now i think it's a matter of just getting uh, our schedules kind of aligned up and uh i would say there is some opportunity there so you're talking about the control your narrative stuff that he's right. got going yeah on. it seems like yeah, i love it knows. it's really cool really grungy and grimy and dark and just kind of uh i, I just it, it's just something different i think and he and ec3 i mean we work together in impact i mean he's dude his mind's brilliant he's just one of those guys that always thinking how to change things up how to re you know revamp himself and that's why he's always relevant he just knows how to do those things so it's one that you definitely want to latch on to so there's an opportunity there i'm not gonna say no well yeah. i was gonna ask if aew or nwa you mentioned there because you're liking what they're doing has yeah. either of those companies reached out to gauge any interest or stuff like that no and i know with so i just hit my 90 day no compete calls i guess it was february 18th 19th so i know before then a lot of those companies won't even email you won't even touch base with you because of legal reasons um but as of yet i haven't i haven't talked with anybody um you know i'm 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 trying to just put you know maybe put some fillers out see what's going on have a little fun on the indies like i said i'm completely booked through lord uh, August. So, I mean, it's not like I'm sitting at home on my, on my butt doing nothing. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities coming up, but, um, definitely want to try and reach out to NWA and, and AEW, you know, AEW seems like they're right now they're bringing so much talent in. So I would hate to be one of those. Tony's got two companies. So you, you're going to find some work, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's out there. And, And the thing is, is like, you can find work if you just, you know, if you have a good look, a good character, a somewhat of a name, I believe that some of these companies are going to be like, yeah, we can take this guy and do something completely different with him. Or I have ideas running in my head that I was trying to pitch to WWE about character stuff that was just completely, you know, forgotten about and, and no pun intended. But we, uh, you know, so I'm still you know what, That is something that pissed <laughs> the shit out of me is how can you have the, this trio on NXT, oh, the Forgotten Sons, but they're heels. Come These on. guys, are, you're supposed to be cheering. I didn't get that. I, you know, being a, an old dude and seeing yeah. people come back from Vietnam and not get the props. 
Sure. So why weren't you guys faces? Or I didn't see like the earliest NXT before they came on TV where you mm-hmm. had your faces and they had your heels. What the F was going on? No, I think it was just Hunter had this vision. And once again, Hunter controlled the NXT, the gold and black brand at the time. And he had this vision of, of what he wanted from the Forgotten Sons. And, you know, it was one of those things where he was like, well, we're finally on TV. We're just going to kind of uh, do what we do, what we're told, basically. I mean, I felt like, you know, the heel thing, we would go to some places and they would want to cheers because you got Steve Cutler that was a that w- that is a Marine veteran. You know, I'm a Marine veteran. Uh, Blake played football in Texas. I mean, this all American guy. So we had a hard time, you know, depending on who we were teamed up with. Uh, did they want to boo us? Did they want to cheer us? So we were, we were fighting both ends of the both ends of the stake there. Jonathan, let me just say, so you were with brilliant minds, Hunter and Sean. And one of my best friends ever, Norman Smiley, I'm sure you mm. know Norman. And yes. Taylor, you know, Terry Taylor was there. And, and who else? Bloom. You know, Brookside. Yeah. Bobby Brookside. Yeah. Robbie Brooks, oh, UK legend. Oh, yeah. man. Dude, I, you know, I sit and think about just the opportunity from 2017 to when I went up to the main roster in whatever, 2020. I was like, man, I got to sit in, under the learning tree of many, many great minds. I mean, there was moments where we sat in the office with – Shawn Michaels for two or three hours or Terry Taylor or Norman Smiley, you mentioned. I mean, just phenomenal, man. If you go down to the Performance Center or NXT and you don't learn something, uh, it's because you don't care and you don't want to learn because, I mean, they're they're pounded it into you. Oh, and Sarah D'Amato, I shot her opening up. She trained and started in Northern California. Wow, uh, yes. With these guys, Noah guys, Mike Modest, Donovan Morgan, the late Bison, Mark Smith. So, and then to see her, I don't know if she was released. Do you guys know if she released this part, you know, when they cleaned house of all hunters guys? No, I think she, uh, I feel like her and Cesaro were on the, in the process of having or just had a child. So that's why you probably don't see her, but I don't think she's going anywhere. She's oh, one of those. Good. They I seem didn't even to know around. those guys were still together. I got a million shots of them <laughs> together backstage at Ring of Honor, but yeah. you, you don't always hear the scuttlebutt of who's with who. Mm-hmm. I believe that's it. So that's cool. So that's great that they're having a kid. Jonathan. Well, I'm curious to know, there's two things I wanted to bring up. And thank you for the time again, Gunner. But Absolutely. First thing I wanted to, and I didn't want to bypass this, because I don't think you've done many interviews since your release. Have you? Right. No, I've done a select few. I have my own podcast, but it's more, you know, my, my Christian based podcast. So we don't really hmm. do anything wrestling wise there. Okay. So, well, that's why I really appreciate this because I didn't see much out there because, you know, sometimes guys go on rants and stuff. Sure but, the, sure. but the first thing I wanted to mention was what was your experience with WrestleMania 37 and this infamous rain delay? What were your thoughts? <laughs> What's the environment would you see when? Because that's not the norm with that company. Yeah, right. Well, first off, man, like thank you for uh, realizing I don't go on rants because I just always pride in myself. First of all, dude, I've been blessed to work for WWE. It's been an awesome job, awesome career. I have nothing bad to say, so I'm not going to be one of those guys. It's just a bitter mind living my dream. Uh, Tampa, so a two day event. Uh, luckily we, you know, with, with the Braun match and Shane, we were the first night there was, I think a slight rain delay for that night. So we actually got to go out there and, um, you know, Elias and I are running to the ring on these like hard plastic, you know, kind of things that are on the football field, just sliding all over the place. I mean, it was, uh, dude, it was ridiculous. I mean, unfortunately for the fans, the second night, cause there was, I mean, they couldn't, if there was lightning, 
they couldn't do anything. Like legally, they could not do anything. So the fans are sitting there having to wait. Um, but you know, <laughs> you know what? We I remember the first night we're stand all standing up on the uh, entrance way, and you know they they they're doing the, the uh, America the Beautiful, I believe is what they do. And we're just sitting there going, man, this is pretty awesome, you know, to be a part of WrestleMania. Because as a kid, I uh, that was one of my dreams. Um, but unfortunately for those guys and those girls on the, that second night when it was really a bad rain delay, I felt so bad for them. But you know what? I'll say this. The crowd, they stayed there. They stayed there because, you know, for almost two years, they hadn't got to see a live event at all. And for them to be there, I think it was like, well, we're going to endure this garbage weather. Um you know, you pick Florida, that's what you gamble with, man, because one day it's <laughs> sunny, and 10 minutes later it's pouring down rain. Uh, it, it's definitely a memory for us all. I think we'll never forget it. Yeah. Man, so and we don't know what happened there. That's <laughs> nuts. I could only imagine because you hear the stories, him, what the, oh, yeah. throwing his headset and stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you hear the stories about if somebody sneezes and such, so let <laughs> alone something like that. But the reason I was the reason I was thinking about it is because I traveled down here to Tampa uh, for a few days because I'm going to be covering the AEW show in Orlando. So nice. I spent a few extra days come down. Um, I guess you would say I'm nation, yeah. uh, but staying at the Marriott here in Tampa outside of uh, by Bush okay. Gardens. But anyway, that's here and over there. And where all the boys are? Yeah, Woo. Woo. it might be. <laughs> I know the old no. yeah. the old days that was the, the yeah. point. So mm-hmm. long long story short. Now I'm curious to know since you haven't done many interviews, and I yeah. think there was a tweet or something that you said post release. No, 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 yes, referencing that tweet. But yeah. here's the thing. And I'm not gonna get into politics and any of that stuff, but yeah. with the one that got you heat, supposedly with some fans and co-workers here's the thing at least for me and this ain't our show we're not going to politics any of that stuff right we may we may or may not agree with certain political views religious views any of that stuff however with what you said i don't and i think you have a little more credibility being a veteran to be able to speak your mind yeah. But with what you had said in those characters, you said nothing wrong. Right. You were showing support for someone you thought was doing a good job. Sure, sure. So my question would be, what was your reaction to said potential heat, whether it be from fans, coworkers, whatever the case was, after you expressed an opinion? Oh, it completely blew me away. I mean, it, that tweet went out. It, uh, obviously, you know, we talk about the the pro-Trump tweet that I tweeted out. And uh, within, man, two or three hours, I'm getting death threats to my family and tweets and calls to my cell phone, my address tweeted out. And then coworkers start to chime in. And I'm not going to name any names because I refuse to do that with them. But, um, you know, it's just uh, it blew me away. And, and I was sitting there thinking you know, there's many times throughout the past couple of years, I basically tweeted the same thing. Linda McMahon tweeted the same thing. Basically I tweeted about two weeks later and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. You work for the dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but here's the thing is, as is like, we're talking right now, we're human beings. We all have different views, whether it be religion, politics, but people, you know, you got the, um, 
the the social media now where they're just, they're just going to attack no matter what you say what you do they're going to attack when when in reality like we're doing right now we can just have a conversation agree yeah. to disagree and go hey man like okay whatever you you like that that's okay and you know i served four years in the marine corps yes it gives me the 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 right to you know uh support who i want to support and, and like you said it's not like i got on there and said something racial uh, even though they pulled up tweets from years ago where there was it was not about race, whether they like it or not. Anyway, uh, and so, you know, um, I always say this. It, in my 20s, I would have been mad and ready to fight tooth or nail, but I took it as a learning experience. Uh, I refused to apologize. Luckily, the company never come up to me and said, hey, we need you to put out a public statement apologizing because, you know, I would have respectfully said, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I went to war in 2005. Um, you know, I voted for this person or that person or whatever. Uh, and, and there's many, many employees now and even then that they're tweeting things out that I don't agree with with my views. But, hey, man, that's their American right to support what they support. Right. Yeah. And that's just something that just happened in a lot of in the, and I feel like some of the ones who that I worked with that tweeted and retweeted it, uh, we're looking just for, you know, for me, I don't care about social media followers. It's just not my my cup of tea. Yes, I'm thankful I have them, people who support me. But a lot of them, I think, retweeted that just to get fans to go, oh, man, yay, we love you now because you hate this guy. But, you know, that's just that's the social media. Yeah. And I want to wrap with this and I'll let Dr. Mike uh, throw something in as well. But you sure. mentioned it earlier as well. And Gunner, thank you for the time. And we want you to plug social media as well. But you meant, uh, if people choose to follow you and whatnot, if they don't already. But I'm curious to know, because you mentioned you do a Christian based podcast. Yeah. And it's not like, again, we are crazy train radio, everything else like that. We are fun, sure. lighthearted, everything else. But you've been generous with your time. And I think if for people want to follow the podcast or social media and all, where can they find all this stuff? Absolutely, man. So with, with me, social media, uh, I'm CWLL underscore Gunner. So that's Instagram, Twitter. And then I got that Gitter account, which I'm barely on, but there's so many now. So for the the wrestling podcast uh, or the faith podcast, it's called Wrestling for the Faith. And me and my fr my buddy Casey Cage are the co-hosts. And we'll have some guests on every once in a while. We do talk wrestling because he still does some independent wrestling. He does his own independent show. So we'll promote that. But it's basically, you know, uh, us talking about our faith in Christ. I mean, so if you're into that, guys, or, or if you're not into it, we do a lot of different, you know, topics and subjects. Uh, please feel free to check us out on iTunes and Spotify. So any of your major podcast platforms, we have a YouTube uh, channel as well. So it's Wrestling for the Faith. And I appreciate that because... Like I said, with our show, yeah, we're fun, lighthearted, nothing mm -hmm. too, too serious. But it's like, I like, at least for me as the host of this, I like to have an open mind because people sure. have different different uh, thoughts and of everything. What, like we said, whether it be politics, religion, this, that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I like to have an open mind and not judge people based on what you hear. So, <laughs> right. Well, you're and, an adult and you're a human. It's like, man, we all got different views and, and it's cool to yeah. sit and uh, I just like to talk there. That's what he fought for. Uh, yeah. The protector, <laughs> right to have the views, pro, sure. con, Trump, whatever. Yeah. We all respect each other. We're all Americans. It gets away from that. It really bugs the stuff out. Well, I you agree. know what? I'm curious to know, and this is a final question for me, because when we were chatting and setting mm. this up and all, and I asked you about 
how we're going to introduce you this that and the other just to cover all bases you mentioned that you are going back to the gunner name yes and i'm curious to know because tna or impact or whatever at the time didn't trademark that so how <laughs> does that work for you as for what like you said you're going to be doing indie shows and so do you own gunner did you were you smart business-wise to lock that in for you Yes. So when we, when we did our contracts and stuff like that, I, I feel like, man, I want to say, and I was talking to someone about this. I felt like it kind of got brushed under the rug. Cause I remember getting my release from impact wrestling 2015. And so for instance, when I got released from WWE, they sent me my release form and on the back page, it'll have like the, 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 whatever uh, names or whatever I own and I can have. So mine on WWE was gunner. Like I, on that now when i got released from impact i was expecting it just to say phil shatter or whatever when i got there but it had gunner there that i owned the property um so i don't know if it was just one of those things where um tna just didn't care um you know they didn't really have the money enough to fight for something like that or they're just like yeah whatever we're not ever going to use that name anywhere else because we don't have an archive for footage or what you know stuff like that uh so luckily man yeah i do own gunner i can do what i want to with it i work with a a Christian clothing company, Death and Defiance, that put out some Gunner shirts. So luckily, I'm glad because I would have probably just instead of G U N N E R, I would have just put G U N N A R. Been smarter than the system. So, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Mike, do you have anything uh, you'd like to? Uh, a, I want to apologize. I didn't know he was a religious dude, so I, I let some dirty. Oh, work. you're fine, man. <laughs> I don't point fingers. Completely okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but B, are you going to be doing anything like uh, WrestleCon at uh, in Dallas next month? And if not, I'll get on the phone to Mike Bucci and say, hire our friend Gunner to be at, at your thing. Are, are you already you have any plans of being there, doing anything? For no, I haven't gotten any WrestleCon plans yet. And I think most of my April is booked. So I got uh, some shows. I do have a show in Dallas at the end of March. Um, for a CWF promotion. Uh, but no, I never got con because I've did WrestleCon in the past 2015, I want to say. But as of now, no, there's no uh there's nothing in the future for WrestleCon. So I won't be part of the Mania weekend. What do you think of that? It's like all of these other companies, and Impact does that every year now, the former yeah. TNA, where they <laughs> piggyback on W, you know, Mania there. And everybody, it's a whole week, you know, New Japan will send in the show and some of the Japanese women's groups. Yeah, there's supposed to be a triple A show from Mexico. It's insane. All of these guys they all cling together. Uh, <laughs> it's a big it is now this year, I think it's going to be nuts because obviously the past couple of years, they hadn't been able to do it or bring everybody together. So I think it's just one big family reunion. And I heard it one time, maybe a couple of years back, Vince was trying to put a kibosh on it or something like around a certain mileage radius. I was like, come on, man, just. They did that right after money. San Jose, near where I yeah. was living. They, yeah, the next year, they they had to be like way far away, which was a pain in the ass. <laughs> Just dumb, right? <laughs> no, so I'm I'm hoping that you know if I get a chance to go out there, it'd be really cool because I've there's some guys I hadn't seen in years. You know, Storm, and uh, I would love to link up with Ken Anderson if he's doing any signings or stuff like that. But it's going to be huge this year, man. Doctor Mike, let's it's, definitely it's, put him in contact. Uh, yeah, Chris Abyss, you, you, I think he's still in the office doing something. Yep. We're, you were pretty close to him, too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chris helped us a lot there. He's a producer or agent there at the, on the main roster. So when Elias, when I was feuding, he was he was linked up a lot with us, which I love, man. Because, he was, he, dude, he's just a big teddy bear. We got along in Impact Wrestling, traveled a little bit together. 
just the dude loves what he does and he's uh he's got a great mind as well but did you see they had him there for like a couple of weeks with aj and it was awesome yeah you know, he was doing whatever his attorney character or something just mark <laughs> and it was awesome and, and then he's off and i go geez if anybody should be on camera it's that guy but um <clears throat> Anyway, more power to you, and I know uh, we wish you nothing but the best, and I know you're going to be with a big company soon. So, Well, thank you, guys, man. I appreciate your time, and I look forward to uh, I'll be 40 in June, but my body still feels good. I've been doing it 22 years in August, and you know I still feel good. I take care of myself, so I'm looking forward to some opportunities. Well, Gunnar, we appreciate the time. Nothing but the best from you, and thank you. And, folks, check out the podcast you mentioned. Check them out on social media. You know, he's very fan interactive and yes, he's I appreciate the for the faith. Wrestling for the faith. Yeah, yes. check it out. Gunner, thank you so much. Thanks, awesome. man. Thank you guys. Appreciate your time tonight, fellas. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. Have a hey. good night, man. brand is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne, and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansoapery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansoapery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you. Hey, it's Steve Off. You're listening to Crazy Train Radio, and that's the bottom line.